Hello. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Woohoo! This is Sarah. This is Katie. And you guys are the listeners. Hi, listeners. Welcome. <laughs> um, first of all, hope you guys had a lovely Thanksgiving to all the North Americans who listen. Um, yes. That was last week. And I, yeah. I was going to say something, and then I decided to change my mind. But basically, <laughs> hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and you guys got to enjoy the holidays. Yeah, and we and took that Friday. Week, yeah, and we took that week off, so we're back now with more amazing content for you, as usual. Oh, set the bar low, Katie. <laughs> set it low. <laughs> Speaking of day after Thanksgiving sales, did you get anything exciting on Black Friday? Um, no, not really. I was going to do some shopping, but I mean, I got a couple things, but nothing too like crazy exciting. Did you get anything? No, they don't really do it here. It's just oh. an American thing. I mean, they've started to do it. They call it black days, I think, which to me just sounds very uncomfortable. And then, <laughs> uh, they have like what's called cyber Monday, which I don't know. Do they do that in States as well? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Ah, okay. See, I'm totally behind the times. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, yeah, but they're just not as good deals, you know? It's just kind of like, meh, it's all right. Yeah. There's, like, really good deals on electronics and stuff if you need new electronic shit. But <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't. I just am I'm a, such a stereotypical American with my consumerism where I'm like, sell, need it, and I don't. Like, I actually don't need it. I just buy shit because it's on sale. And I'm like, no, but it's on sale. Like, I need this. Right. I it's don't. so I don't. hard. I know. Maybe if they had had some, I should have looked for some better, like, podcasting equipment. But um, um, that's going to come later, probably. <laughs> when yeah. we get When we get patrons or something, right? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that either. That should have been something I thought of instead of new i iPods. No, iPod. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. You just the sounded like such a cute little grandma. Like iPod, iPods. <laughs> oh, I'm so useless. I love it. Um, what is it called? Oh, last night I did something real embarrassing too. I was thinking of so. My friend was like, oh, maybe as a joke. Because I was like, oh, my leg really itches. He's like, maybe you have scabies. And he's like, do you know what that is? I was like, yeah, that's like what the pirates got. And he's like, that's scurvy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, sometimes my brain just doesn't work. It's It's okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah, so thanks again for guys listening and sorry that you had to watch that really, we didn't have to watch it, but if you watched the story yesterday, it was like 12 videos in a row. I think I was just like, fuck, they're so short. It keeps cutting me off. I just need to I know. This why doesn't Instagram change it to the version, which probably in a little while they will, but why don't they change it to where you can just record for as long as you want? Like you can do on Snapchat. Exactly, and also they have the live function where you can record as long as you want, so why would they not just make it... Right, but live is way too scary. But anyway, Sarah, (laughs) that that was great. Her Insta story was great. If you guys missed it, uh, that sucks for you because it was good. (laughs) (laughs) 
And we were talking about the woes of dating Mormon men and our lovely listener who sent in that story, which is also the one that Katie recorded on the mini episode. And also, listeners, I checked the stats today to see, like, I was like, oh, I'm curious how many listens we've gotten. And it's like seven shy of 3,000. Woo! So we're getting we get up there. 3,000, we will celebrate. <gasps> we must. We must. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and if you guys have ideas of how we should celebrate or what we should do, I'm game. Yeah, like, we'll, we'll do it on, on the podcast. I mean, if exactly. it's nothing too crazy, right? <laughs> Or a story, you know, but again, let's not get too crazy. Let's not, <laughs> not get too wild and crazy. Nothing too know? illegal, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> None of that. Um, yeah, so I know the last time that we recorded, we were going to say that, like, why I talked about a few of the Mormon dating stories, and we, we were going to do... God, I can't stop stuttering today. It's a struggle bus. We were going to do another episode, like, following up on that. But we thought, let's just put a little pan in that and come back later. Yeah. it's a lot. And some of y'all might be like, all right, bitches, we're done hearing about your stories of dating Mormon boys. And you want to hear something else. So we'll come back. We'll circle back. We just want to pepper in some variety here for everyone. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about... The priesthood. Priesthood. The power of the priesthood. Which is, so if you guys want a little background for those of you who did not grow up Mormon. So our nickname, or like the name of our podcast, Molly Mormon, is like for women. And then for dudes, if they were like super righteous and devout, they were called Peter Priesthood. (laughs) Yep, Peter Priesthood (laughs) and Molly Mormon. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so great. So my friend Jay, who you guys listen to, he always gets it confused. I think he calls it Peter Priestley instead of <laughs> Peter Priesthood. And I'm like, no, no, Jay. It's not Peter Priestley. He's so priestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's an easy thing to mix up because it's like, I don't know, you just think of a priest and you're like, oh yeah, they're priestly, right? <laughs> exactly. It's fair enough. You no. know, I get it. No. Um, but yeah, so... Okay, I'm going to let you take the, is it the rain? No. Yeah, the reins, yeah. You, you know this, girl. You know this. <laughs> I was like, the rain? No, that doesn't sound right. Um, on this one, because, well, especially on the priesthood part, like the, like the actual hmm. background, because I don't, and this is kind of, listeners, this is kind of what we were talking about before we started recording, is that, like, I was thinking about the topic of priesthood before we started, and I was like, you know what? I don't know a lot about it because we weren't taught that much. Like it's a, it's only for men. Yes. So the men of the LDS church are the only ones who can have the priesthood power. So for a woman, it's kind of like, you're just not like, you don't know because I mean, yeah, they teach you a little bit about it, but like, you're not doing it. Uh-huh. You're not like experiencing it. Like it's something that is just for men. So it's kind of like taught like, well, you don't need to worry about it type thing. So I really don't know like that much. I know like, priesthood blessings and kind of what happens but I don't know too many details about it yeah it's totally um it's one of those things where it's it's weird because it's one of the most important things in the church I would say because they rely on it so much and they say that it's so sacred and so important and there's so you know much that revolves around it but women don't know that much about any of it and um they obviously don't get to hold the priesthood so 
Yeah, it's very interesting how it's like super important yet kind of secret. So, yeah, and also this is kind of how my brain went. Um, is there were like I don't know how many years ago. I think it's probably been like four or five years ago now. This like movement for women to have the priesthood. Yes. In the Mormon Church, and so there was like you know, I don't remember the name of the lady. Maybe you know. Yeah, <laughs> um, her name's Kate Kelly. Kate Kelly, there yeah, you go. Yeah, and she started Ordain Women. Um, she wanted women to be ordained into the priesthood or at least included in, like, the priesthood meetings, and she was excommunicated. Yeah, that's so insane. I remember when that was happening, I was already on the border of leaving. Like, I started questioning it a bit at that time. Yeah. And I remember, like, the movement was, like, asking for women to wear pants to church yeah even something as simple as wearing pants and it was like this big uproar yeah (laughs) it was such a huge uproar and I and and the ward here I remember there were a few women who wore it and it was like oh my god I can't believe that they're wearing pants and like they support this movement and then I started asking myself like why is it that women can't have the priesthood and I remember talking to a friend at the time in the church about it And she was like, well, my argument would be that, like, because women actually do have the priesthood, like, it's taught in, like, temple ceremonies. And I was trying to think back, like, do I remember them saying that about temple ceremonies? And I I don't know if you guys remember me talking briefly about this, but when you, the first step of going to the temple, like, to get your endowments taken out is what's called initiatories, initiatories? Mm -hmm. I I don't know, something like that. Whatever, I'm the worst. Research, it's hard. Um, So it's like the step before you do your endowments, and you only do this like once, basically. Like so, when you do sessions after that, like you just do the endowment sessions usually, and you don't do this step. Like you don't do this for the dead as much. Um, Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so in this step, they like you go through, and these women temple workers will like ask you for your secret name, and then you go through this curtain, and they. Or, like, we now ordain you as blah, blah, blah. And then you pass through the curtains and you go into this. If I remember correctly, it was, like, this little, like, hidden room, like, with other curtains. And they sit you down and they anoint you with oil, these women temple workers. Uh And they, like, kind of do the priesthood blessings there. But it's not really, it's still not the priesthood. It's just, like, women anointing you and, like... I don't know. Anyway, so my friend they, at the time was saying that, like, that's the version of, like, the women having do they, priesthood. Do they ever call it the priesthood when they're talking to you in the temple? Like, the women priesthood? Not that I remember, hmm. because I, if, if I would have heard that, I'm sure it would have stuck in my brain. Yeah. Like, oh, priesthood. But I don't remember it being called that, no. And even if that was so, in my mind, I'm like... Okay, but that, even if it was, like, which it's not, um, I think I would have found that out somewhere, but, like, that's still a cop-out because you're not letting women do what men do just in their everyday lives. Yeah, it's kind of like what you said in the episode we were talking about Heavenly Mother. It's, like, this whole idea of, like, women aren't strong enough, so, like, they have the priesthood, but only in the temple and only in secrecy and blah, 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 blah. And And only certain women, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eh, that's weird. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, so I, cause for me, that was like a weird thing, like, oh, yeah, that's what, and then they also, so listeners, this is the other thing, this is the other excuse I've heard for why women don't have the priesthood is by men who have told me this. Well, because, you know, men are more inclined to be less righteous, and so God gave them the power of the priesthood 
so that they would feel inclined to serve more and be more righteous and blah, blah, blah. Uh. Because, like, they're inherently better than men. Sarah, I've heard that. I've heard that so many times, and it makes me want to pull my hair out. I'm like, excuse me? Okay, so you think that since women are supposedly, quote-unquote, better or more sacred or whatever you say because men are lesser, that they get more privileges? Like... (laughs) They get your, uh, what is, that makes absolutely no sense. That's, that's totally, um, just ridiculous. Ridiculous. I know. It makes no sense at all. So I guess at this point, <laughs> listeners who aren't Mormon are probably thinking like Karen, our number one listener. Hey, Karen. They're probably thinking like, <laughs> they're like, what the fuck is the priesthood even mean? Like, what is that? Okay. Um, so Katie, go for it. So the priesthood is... Like, I guess to sum it up really short, is the power and authority of God. So men in the Mormon church get this power, they call it, and um, they get it at the age, starting at the age of 12, they can have it. But, But mind you, women never get it, no matter what. I guess, unless you're in the temple and it goes by a different name, which isn't really the priesthood. So I say, fuck that noise. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> sorry. Um, the, the priesthood came from Joseph Smith, which if y'all know J-Dog, if you listen to our <laughs> previous episodes, he's the founder of the Mormon church. And he, so there's two like tiers of the priesthood. There's the one that the 12-year-olds get, and that's called the Aaronic Priesthood, which supposedly came from Aaron in the Bible. And then when you reach the age of 18, you can get the Melchizedek Priesthood, which is supposedly the priesthood of Christ, Um, like directly given down through lineage or some shit, whatever they say. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, So... Joseph Smith said that, so he and Oliver Cowdery, one of his, like, early companions in the church, they said that John the Baptist literally appeared to them in angel form in, like, 1830 or whatever, and put his hands on their heads and said that they have the Aaronic Priesthood and that they could baptize baptize each other. So that's when they got baptized and they had that priesthood. And then a little while after that, no one knows the real date because it's not recorded, Joseph Smith said that Peter, James, and John from the Bible, also as angels, um, (laughs) came to him and gave him the Melchizedek priesthood, which is, you know, the higher priesthood, the one that where you can do lots of different healings and sealings and temple rituals. You can baptize people, all this stuff. Or, I don't know, I, I guess, can you baptize people in the Aaronic Priesthood? I don't know. I have no sure idea. <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking, what kind of acid were they taking back right? in the day to get all these, like, <laughs> visions? Yeah. And where can I get that? And he saw so like, many angels. Like, remember Angel Moroni? Moroni, like, chatted with him <laughs> so many times. And the funny thing about this, though, is that this supposedly happened in 18, like, 29, and neither Joseph Smith or Oliver Cadre told anyone or said anything about it until 1834, which is when they decided that they were going to establish the priesthood. And this was the story. What? 
this was the story that they gave was that these angels came and they said that the priesthood has been lost from the earth since since their time because the world went into apostasy so all the other religions every other christian religion even was evil and was an abomination and they weren't following the true priesthood and the true way of Christ. So they had to come back as angels and bestow this magical invisible gift upon Joseph Smith. Um, and it was only, yeah, only available to him and whoever he wanted to give it to. So, and by giving wow. it, you put your hands on their head. <laughs> and they decided that it should only go to someone who has a penis. <laughs> well, at least we've like moved away from heads in a hat to <laughs> hands on the head. So, we've moved a little, but I should clarify that the priesthood was not available to anyone with a penis. That was a wrong statement of mine. You had to have a white penis. So, oh, yes. Yeah, until 1978, unless you were a white man, you couldn't have this spectacular power, which I guess I'm kind of making light of it because I don't believe in it and I think it's all a bunch of crap, but like they really believe in it. And I know when I was Mormon, I thought that it was literally like the power of God. If I got a priesthood blessing, um, you really think that it's God working through this Mormon man. For sure. Like every single time. So listeners, you would get blessings like if you're sick, um, if you're stressed, if you have a big decision to make, like anything like that, you could always ask the worthy priesthood holders in your life who, as a woman, should either be A, your husband, B, if you don't have a husband, your home teacher, which is a whole other episode we'll talk about, home teachers, <laughs> oh, yeah. teachers. like that's a whole other shit, like, or you're like, if you don't have those, and like missionaries can also, but again, only the male missionaries can give you these blessings, these priesthood blessings, or like a bishop or a member of the bishopric could give you a yeah. priesthood blessing. And I remember um, growing up in Orem, Utah, like it was a thing that many, many kids before school started, before the school year, they would ask their dad for a priesthood blessing to like help have God help them through the school year. And they really, I mean, I even believed in it for a bit. I was like, oh yeah, like this must be God saying these things to me and my, you know, my dad doing that. And it's like, I kind of feel bad for making fun of it because I know so many people believe in it. But at the same time, I'm like, why couldn't my mom have done that or anyone else, you know? It's because, yeah, it's this old sexist tradition that they just keep continuing. Well, and that's there there are two points I want to make to that. So growing up, I didn't – my dad was not a Mormon, right? And so when these, like, um, father blessings, I think that's what they called them, like, or school blessings, um, I never got any of those but one time. Because my dad's not a member, so, like, I didn't even, I kind of felt left out. Like, I was like, Oh, I can imagine, yeah. My dad's not a member, he can't do all this stuff. My brothers don't have the priesthood because they weren't active or, like, I had one brother who went on a mission and he could, but before that, it was, like, no one in my house, you know? Mm -hmm. And I got it once before I went out to the year, I think it was my senior year in high school I got one from... Um, a guy who, like, their family we grew up with. 
And at that point, I, I remember thinking, like, oh, this is going to be, like, so powerful. This is going to be so amazing, like, blah, blah. And at the end of it, just thinking, like, oh, all right, cool. Like, <laughs> don't really understand. But I was, like, held tight to it because I was like, you know what? This year is going to be so great because of this blessing and because of the things that they promised you. And, and over the years, like, every time I would get a blessing, Katie's right, that you think that it is, like, literally God speaking to you. Yeah. And the older I got and, like, you know, years before I left, I I would doubt that all the time, like, question all the time. So I was like, but that blessing literally was just, like, nothing profound was said in that blessing. Like, it was just, like, I could have given that. And, like, it was not personal to me in any way. And and I remember saying that, like, kind of – I wrote it in my journal, I think. And uh, I, I talked about it with a friend. And she was just like, well, maybe that's because you weren't prepared. Like, that's on you. Like, you have to oh. be, like, spiritually prepared. Blah, Isn't blah, that so – oh, they do that. Like, if you don't feel good, it's yeah. your fault. But if you do feel good, it's whatever, God or the spirit. Like, it's yeah. your well, fault always if something's not as you think it should be or, like, as it, you're, yeah. you've been told, whatever. Which is, like, total bullshit in and of itself because, like, they preach that you can give a priesthood blessing to anyone, like, to non-members, like, whoever, and it would heal them. So then why, if it's, like, a, a non-member who, say, doesn't even believe in God, how can they get this blessing? But because right. I didn't maybe pray for 12 hours that day, I'm not prepared, and so that's why it was my fault. That is such but a good point. it just never made sense to me. Yeah. And then the second point is, too, is I when I went out to BYU um, – and the second year when I decided to go back to Georgia, I remember the bishop at the time. Oh, I wanted to say his name so bad, but I won't. <laughs> uh, oh, I hated him. He was so gross. And I had all these really bad – and this is the one that, like, really pissed me off, this interview. So when I was leaving, he gave me this interview, and he was like, you know, I don't think that you should move back to Georgia. I think that, like, God wants you to stay in Utah and, like – you know, find a young man and get married. Ew. Yeah, which was in and of itself, like, he had no idea that, like, I actually just needed to move back to Georgia, and, like, it it was, like, family things and blah, blah, blah. So it was already a bit, like, Also, that's so manipulative. Like, why would he be trying to control your life? Exactly. And then the thing that he said, he's like, okay, but if you go back, I want to give you a blessing to go back to Georgia. I was like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, and his thing was that, you know, it's not Utah, it's not righteous, it's not, like, doesn't have a lot of Mormon members, and so, like, you know. What kind of high horse is he on? Like, he is, like, (laughs) Mr. Righteous, protecting you from big, scary Georgia. Like Which I was, like. I was so upset. I remember being like, what? But then everyone's saying, like, you know, he's just trying to help, like, take this as a good thing. And I was thinking to myself, like, I grew up in Georgia for 18 years of my life. I think I can survive. It's not like the <laughs> hard streets of Chicago or Detroit. Like, it's it's Georgia. Right. Like, and that's also kind of insulting because part of your family and your friends there aren't Mormon. So it's, like, oh. insulting to say that, like, you could be influenced by them negatively when oh. you're like, I know them and I've loved them my whole life. So what are you even- Exactly. Yeah. Which is the third point I want to bring up, which this kind of overlaps with dating Mormon guys, but I think it's so, like, the connection is spot on right now, is going to BYU, that was a huge deal when I was trying to, like, go on dates, because I never really, like, had a proper 
proper boyfriend, like, during this whole time of dating Mormon guys. It was just more of, like, serial dating, right? Mm -hmm. And, but I remember, like, this came up so often, and it made me feel like shit, like I was, like, trash, because my dad was not a Mormon. He didn't have the priesthood. I was automatically, like, kind of discarded. Like, uh, no. Like, That is so disgusting. I'm Yeah, it was awful, and it made me feel so insecure all the time, and just, like, I'm never going to find a Mormon guy because, like, they're not going to want to date someone whose dad isn't Mormon. And, like, I grew up with a mom that was Mormon but not a dad. And so, like, the priesthood wasn't in my house growing up. And I'm automatically, like, a sinner because of that, you know? Isn't that crazy that, yeah, you you knew how much importance that was placed on that. And yet they still didn't even really teach women anything about the priesthood. All that was known is that it was supposed to be in your life. And you're supposed to depend on it. Like, that was it. And I had this guy, I went on, so he came back from his mission. He was so, so lame, like basic bitch. He <laughs> liked hip hop. I was, you know, Katie, I've always been into like hip hop and dancing and stuff like that, even though I'm like the most unqualified person in the world to appreciate that <laughs> and like it. Um, but point is, I still like, I'm obsessed with it and I love it. And he was like, talking. like, it's hard to find like those types of people, like in BYU, Utah Valley, like where I was like, oh damn, you know, this rapper and this army. Oh yeah. Cause blah, first blah. of all, they're probably not supposed to be listening to it cause there's <laughs> supposed language they can't listen to. And secondly, oh. secondly, everyone is just like whiter than rice there so they don't exactly. like, I'm not making my exception to that because we know that I am so I'm not <laughs> saying that I am anything above that because I'm not but I am a great fan and appreciator of the work yes that you have an of, open mind uh, about it yeah <laughs> exactly like I think it's so incredible so anyways and so we started like talking and then we ended up going on one day and then like the second day I was like all right I'm gonna cook him this like southern meal so I like go all out I put my foot in it you know I was like cooking and it was good so he comes over he doesn't eat first of all he comes shows up late which is like the rudest thing in the world to me when someone's like cooked a dinner and you fucking show up late and That's when you live in the same apartment complex like your ass just is he didn't even have to yeah. drive <laughs> exactly so he just had to show up and we're eating dinner and he had just about like i think we were halfway through the meal and he was at tell, talking to me about his ex-girlfriend and he said that the reason why they broke up was because his ex-girlfriend's father was not a Mormon and did not have the priesthood. (gasps) He thought that she would basically end up leaving the church because she didn't have that influence and power in her house. And that's why he left? Like, he didn't even base it on her or anything about her? No, that was the reason why he broke up with her. And he didn't know at this point that I had the similar background. What a piece of trash. Ew. Yeah, so when he told me that, I was just kind of like, I was thinking like, he's got to be joking, right? And then when he was serious, I had to say like, "Um, so I'm the same. Like, my dad's not a Mormon. Like, I didn't grow up with the priesthood in my house. And I shit you not, Katie and listeners, he pauses, doesn't even finish his food, and gets super awkward and quiet and says, oh, I actually have to go. <gasps> left. He left my apartment in the middle of dinner because my dad was not a Mormon and did not have the priesthood growing what up. What a horrendous person. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. And, yeah. Ew. And he ended up 
deleting me on Facebook, like completely. And and I wish I could say this was the first time that this happened, but this was the most extreme case where they literally got up in the middle of dinner. But what usually happened is that they would find this out and I would never hear from them again. So it would just like, they would ghost me. But this one was like literally in the middle of dinner and I was in such shock. Like, did that just happen? That is so gross. That is so gross. You know, the more I hear about this, the more it just sounds so disgusting, like some gross, self-righteous, like boys club kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You don't realize it when you're a Mormon, but then you step back and you realize how absolutely bizarre and also really harmful this is like all these men are working together they have each other's backs and they're the most important ones and then they try to throw the women a bone like oh you'll see in the temple or oh you're this or that or i'll take you to the celestial kingdom or whatever they say but the reality is is that it's all about them and the priesthood and then your stories just confirm it like they yep. want it in the family, and that's so disgusting. It's true because they think that, like, they don't even think, like, for them it's just common knowledge. It's just accepted knowledge that the priesthood is the greatest, like, oh. power and gift that God could give anyone, but it's only bestowed upon men. Yeah. And not women. And women are supposed to be, like, only wanting to be, like, only. <laughs> Such bad English. They should only want to date and be associated with men who are worthy. I'm doing air quotes. Worthy priesthood holders. Yes. Which, might I add, and some of you guys threw in these these responses to the Instagram story that I had um, about talking about these, like, worthy so-called priesthood holders who said that they were worthy who had this power of God, but yet, you know, they're getting blowjobs in the parking lot of a Mexican restaurant <laughs> or, you know, like pressuring women to take off their clothes and take a photo yeah, or yeah. blah, blah, blah. So but gross. the next Sunday, they are blessing the sacrament. They are giving you blessings and saying that this is power of God because they're worthy young men. Yeah. Whereas we're meant to feel like shit because we're not worthy like that. Yeah. And we could never be worthy as a woman because you can't get the priesthood. And then if you do anything to tempt them, it's your fault. Yep. But yeah, like you were saying about the sacrament, I wanted to make sure like listeners who aren't Mormon, they understand like in sacrament meeting. So that's the weekly meeting for Mormons. It's, you know, just their Sunday worship. It's always conducted by men. So there's Mm -hmm. a bishop and his counselors, which are always men. And then they have... um, Uh, teenagers who bless the sacrament which is really holy to them which it's Uh like communion basically for mormons so the the teenager the teenage boys who are between 16 and 18 they bless the sacrament which is this weird very ritualistic um prayer that they have to say word for word and if they don't say it perfectly they have to redo it over and over until they get it correct um, and it's so humiliating, by the way, being in the congregation, listening to, like, this poor, like, guy. I mean, I don't yeah. feel sorry for the fact that they're a man or whatever <laughs> the fuck, but that, like, they, some of them have, like, speech impediments yes. or, like, educational, like, slow learning or whatever, and, like, they're they can't trying. read it word for word, and these bishops will be like, do it again. Yep, they and make I've them do it again. They, 
Yeah. Yeah, and I've been there and they've done it like at least five times. Yes. And I was just like, oh my God, just let the it's poor like, boy go. It's like, excuse <laughs> me, if this is supposed to be blessed in a certain way, I think God understands what he is trying to say. Like, if God <laughs> really knows everything, I think he understands. It's okay. Um, exactly. And then the ones who are privileged to pass it out are the boys that are between the ages of 12 and 16. But you have to be a boy and you have to have like the priesthood. So you have to have gone through the worthiness interviews, which we've talked about before in the bishop's office, where he asks you all those inappropriate questions. And then for boys, if you pass that interview, you can get the priesthood um, and keep and retaining the priesthood. And yeah. another thing too is when they pass the sacrament, they have to be wearing a tie. They do. You yeah. have to wear a white shirt and a tie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I'm sure God doesn't give a fuck about <laughs> what you're wearing. And also, what if you're too poor? Like, what if you don't have money to go out and buy a fucking white shirt and tie? And how embarrassing is it at the age of 12 to 16 to have to say that or borrow someone's clothes? Right? You know, like. Yeah. There, there's a lot of like humiliation the more like you step back and you're like how cultish is this with yeah. with these weird sayings and how they make these boys re-say these same things over and over and this is in front of the whole congregation you guys this isn't just in front of a couple of people this is a massive congregation especially in utah it's filled yeah. with people and so uh, yeah it's it's bizarre but but to the point is is that you have to have the priesthood to do that and you have to have the priesthood to um, baptize people and to perform any kind of like marriage ceilings in the temple or to do any sort of other blessings oh if you want to do like a child blessing people get their little kids oh, yeah. blessed when they're when they're born it has to be men and it's usually like a big group of men that blesses them which is weird so yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, this is a side note, but I just, sorry, listeners, this just popped into my head. <laughs> so my boy and I were watching uh, Troy, like the fall, fall of the city Troy. It's on Netflix. Uh-huh. Anyways, it's totally about like the Greek gods and Greek mythology, and I'm obsessed with that shit. And there was like a part where they go to like Apollo's temple and they start doing these like ritualistic, um, is that a word? Ritualistic uh-huh. ceremonies? Yeah. Anyways. Um, where they're like praying to Apollo and then they walk up and they put their hands in the air and they go, Oh, Apollo, hear our prayers and put their hands down, which is a Mormon ceremony that you do. Like in the temple, you do the prayer circle and you put your hands up and you say, Oh God, hear the words of the mouth. I hear the words coming from my mouth. You know what? I I thought that was a thing, but I wasn't sure obviously because I've never been in the temple, but I thought. That was a thing. I've seen like little snuck in, you know, people people try to sneakily film it from the yeah. inside. That's crazy. Yeah. So when we were watching it, I was like freaking the fuck out and like hitting him, be like, oh my God, this is like a Mormon simple thing. <laughs> like he was like, okay, I don't really understand. I was like, no, like this is literally what happens in the temple. You do a prayer circle and you get up there and you like, put your hands in the air and you say like, Oh God, hear the words coming from my mouth or some shit like that. It's something about mouth. Cause I remember when I first did in Spanish being like, book up, like, Oh, that's mouth. <laughs> but like, you know, side note, that's my crazy train of thought. So it's like, um, yeah, hear the words coming from my mouth or something. And then they, they put their hands down and they just like repeat that over and over again. 
And they, like, so in this, like, pagan religion with, like, Greek mythology and stuff like that, they're, like, praying to Apollo and doing the same thing. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm sure that that's where, like, obviously this comes from. Oh, yeah. It's not, like, this new thing that Joe Smith was like, and this is, (laughs) this has been pulled from God and it is new and original. It's, like, not read Greek mythology. And then Joseph Smith just, yeah, like, because I think all of Christianity kind of ripped off from pagan religions. Oh, and for then, sure. And then Joseph Smith just comes along and he's like, I'm going to rip off from the Bible. I'm going to say that Peter, James, and John, they came to me and they said, you have the priesthood of Christ and you have it, you alone, you can give it to whoever you want. And now all the people who are Mormons think that, like, the men have this priesthood that came from Christ and that the prophet of the church has like the ultimate priesthood or whatever. It's just, it's so bizarre that like when you're a Mormon, you don't step back and think like, what? That's what that's is weird. this? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Or like when you watch these shows, like, I mean, this isn't the first show I've watched. I also, <laughs> listeners are probably like, this bitch is the nerd, but I love Vikings and I love like the history of like, obviously the Vikings in England and like the whole, Oh yeah. Yeah. That to me is like so fascinating because it shows like, I don't know if you guys have seen Vikings, but it shows like the, the Christian side versus the pagan. And you see how much overlaps and it's literally the same thing, but oh, yet crazy. Like, Christians are so much to be like, no, we are so different. We're not savages. We're not. Da, 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 da. And it's like, <laughs> But you're still killing for your religion. Like, that's yeah. what's happening. Like, well, Christians pretty much killed, like, anyone so that Christianity exactly. could survive. Yeah. yeah it's but, like, when I watch that stuff, I'm just like, whoa. Like, it's, I can't believe that, like, I didn't think at the time that that was weird. Like, or what I was doing was so cultish <laughs> or weird or, like, these ceremonies were unique in any way. Because in my head, they were, like, the only true one. Like, it was <laughs> right. the only one that existed. Nothing was like it. And then you watch this stuff or you read things and you're just like, oh. oh yeah, <laughs> this exists like tons of places. But that's probably why cults succeed is because they tell you to not look elsewhere. Exactly. And especially women, like we've kind of been saying, and they because they don't really have any power. They don't have the priesthood and they don't have any of that. So it's like, it's extra scary for them to look elsewhere. Yeah, and like what Katie was saying is that all of the most important ceremonies and rituals and steps and ordinances in the Mormon religion in the Mormon faith has to be performed using the priesthood which means has to be done by a man yep it has to there be done is no ceremony or no ordinance performed that is done by a woman no nope. correct me if I'm wrong but I don't know of one I don't know of a single one until you told me that thing about the women in the temple but I feel like that's kind of a thing that they're doing where they're saying like this is the relief society of the temple. Like, exactly. <laughs> the women can bless the other women. Because for uh, non-Mormon or non-ex-Mormon listeners, in the Mormon church, there's this seg- this area for the um, women, and it's called the Relief Society. And they will have, like, a president of the Relief Society. Um, mm-hmm. But that president of the Relief Society, she's a woman, but she still has to report to, like, the bishop and all the other men. And she doesn't have the priesthood or anything. No, so it's she's like, a glorified secretary. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of got that feeling about those women in the temple doing the ordinances for the other women. Um, it's not that they have any kind of power, but they're just doing it. I don't know. 
Yeah, it's kind of like what I imagine, like, Joe Smith being like, oh, you know, let's give the women something to do. Let's have, like, a crochet <laughs> club, and we'll call it Relief Society. Right. And that'll make them feel good and included, and, you know, it'll give them something to, to do and talk about. Oh, they can make like, some casseroles. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Lord. The well. priesthood. And also, like, so listeners, like, with with the priesthood, they have to do, like, so these blessings, like, I feel like we should just do a whole other episode on priesthood blessings because I'm sure between, oh, my God, I can't stop stuttering. It's such a problem. <laughs> between the two of us, we have so many stories. Like, I can tell you, like, blessing after blessing. Be, and I, I would firmly believe that these blessings were true. So, like, when I would have decisions about life, like, oh, should I have a big decision coming up? Like, I would get a priesthood blessing, and it would never say anything. Listeners, I want to repeat this. It would never say anything specific to what you're asking. It was never no. like, should I move home to Georgia or not? It was never like, move to Georgia or yeah. do not move to Georgia. It's like, you know, pray about it and do what's best for you and the Lord and blah, blah, blah. But then you were, you would just interpret it to whatever you wanted it to be. Yeah. But it's basically it like you're, it's it basically true. like you're praying through a man who has his hands on your head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, but he's just saying shit to you and you're thinking that it's from God. Yeah. yeah. It's so bizarre. But that reminded me, Sarah, um, I almost forgot before we end the okay. thing I was going to tell you from my Facebook group. Oh, yes. Okay, so I found this on my Facebook. I, I have, I'm a member of this um, Facebook group that's ex-Mormons. And um, I'm not going to say this person's name because I haven't gotten permission. So sorry if you hear this. And if you want me to take it out, I will. But <laughs> anyway, so the post was, um, it was basically about like some person had posted um, saying like, Hey, women, how can you expect to be led by a man who's not even led by God? And all these people were sharing it in this ex-Mormon group and, like, commenting about how bullshit that was. But then this woman in specific, she said, this was her comment, and I was freaking out. She said, yeah, my ex-husband was, quote, led by God, unquote. And he gave me priesthood blessings to tell me that someone was preparing to replace me in my marriage. And he was having, turns out he was having an affair. Oh my God. Right? I was, I was floored. I was like, what a freaking scumbag. Like, but you know what? I bet you anything that happens more often than we think. And because members of the church and especially women are so brainwashed into thinking that like you know if he's worthy priesthood holder what he says is true that you know that would work on some women they'd be like oh well that sucks but you know it's from god so yeah so this woman's (laughs) supposed to replace me and uh like luckily this woman she's not mormon anymore and she seems very happy but still like to have some guy do that to you is absolutely That's horrific. So gross, but it's also like it would just piss me off more than anything. Not the fact that he even did it or that he was cheating on me, but that I'd be like, "Bitch, do you think I'm that stupid <laughs> to like just go along with this and say like, oh, well, I declare, I suppose that that's just what the Lord wants me to do, and you right? had nothing to do with this." Like, oh. 
Yeah, the oh, Lord was God. saying that there's a woman that's better for you and was talking through you because I can't talk to him because I don't have the priesthood. You piece of shit. <laughs> you piece of shit. Yep. Go fuck yourself. Um, that reminds me of, I think we talked about this in the last one. Oh, yeah, in the last dating story. But that, that guy, Matt, who I was dating, who told me I wasn't the woman for him because of his priesthood blessing or his patriarchal oh. blessing, which is performed by the patriarch who is, like, the worthy priesthood holder, like, this old, like, he kind of reminds me of, like, Gandalf in my mind. Like, yeah, he's... Like, old, wise, like, or he's supposed to be wise, like, priesthood holder who gives these patriarchal blessings. Anyways, and there when he was saying, like, well, you're just, it's not what you're described in the patriarchal blessing. And it's like... Really? You're going to use the blessing and the priesthood against the fact that you're just a piece of shit who dumped me and, like, <laughs> yeah. ugh, bye. Bye, 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 as NSYNC bye. would say. Yes. <laughs> but I bet you, like, some women believe that. Because when he told me that for a hot second, I even questioned. I was like, oh, maybe it is like that. And then I was like, bitch, get yourself together. You know that that has nothing to do with you. Like, right. That piece yeah. of paper he has and that blessing doesn't say a damn thing about what type of woman he needs to have specifically that would rule you out. It's just him being a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else to it. Yep, 100%. Yes. No. That gets me all feisty. My accent comes out. Because I, I love it. Because I blood boil. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the priesthood. I I didn't think I was going to get so, like, feisty about it. But the more I started thinking about it, I was like, this stuff is crap. And we should talk about it. And it's really uncool that women are excluded and that men are given all this power. That's what I don't get. The thing is I also don't get is that, like, women who are very, like, powerful and independent in the church who are, like, feminists, like, how... How can this sit right with you, you know? Because I, I used to I honestly that. don't know. I I know, right? It it, and it it bothered me. But even at that point when I was a devout Mormon, I remember thinking, like, oh, this is this doesn't sit right with me. Like, yeah. I just, it's bothering me. And I was always told you're just being defiant, you're being stubborn, like, you need to just change your personality, basically, and accept uh, it. Yeah. It's crazy to me how anyone can claim that they are a feminist and a Mormon, even though I know many that do that. Mm-hmm. And um, when I've asked them this question, they just they say the same thing that you said earlier in the episode of like, well, women are inherently better in God's eyes, and men have whatever their whatever the thing is, they need something to keep them more on the track of righteousness, so they need the priesthood. And I'm like, that is the Ugh. most cop-out answer that I have ever heard, and I will not accept that, because if women are supposedly so sacred and wonderful, then they should be celebrated, they should have more power, there should be a female deity, like, they should be able to wear whatever they want and have any kind of power they want, but the truth is, is that they can't, and so you can try to whitewash it as much as people want, but it, no. Also, Doesn't fly. I mean, that just made me think about, first of all, preach, preach. <laughs> well, thank you, well, thank you. Throw my hands in the air and say, holy This is our church. Yeah. This is our church. <laughs> this is our church. This is our Sunday sermon. <laughs> Love it. 
Um, but the other thing is, like, when you're talking about that, like, women can't even wear what it is they want to wear, and then we're talking about the young men who have to wear the white button-up shirt and tie. Like, can we talk about how ludicrous that is? And I just wanted to say the word ludicrous because I'm obsessed with ludicrous. Luda! I love him. But that is insane. Like, what God, honestly, is like, you know what? It's not going to be... <laughs> Correct, unless you're wearing a white button-up shirt and tie. Like, I just... You know what? I'm the kind of God that grew up when your grandparents grew up in the good old days, in the 1950s. And what I know is values is what they know is values. So this is what I'm sticking to because I'm God. (laughs) Even though... Like, it's so ridiculous. Like, it never really hit me or, like... Like, I just... I didn't even think about it until we were just talking about it and you just said that. And I was like... What the fuck? I can't believe I was like, yes, God wants us to wear and dress like this. Like, no, that is the most irrational thought and reasoning also, of anything. Like, that's kind of like a rude God that would want to make everyone look like Mormons and wear <laughs> garments. Like, why wouldn't you want people to... wear button-up shirts. <laughs> Where's their sense of individuality? <laughs> Oh my god, can someone, I keep saying this every episode, assuming that there's a listener who can make a t-shirt, but Katie and I are obsessed with Mean Girls, and I used to say all the time, on Wednesdays we only wear pink, and yep. like, I feel like it should be like, on Sundays we only wear white button <laughs> We should start wearing, like, on every Sunday, just like, super slutty white button-up shirts, just like, way buttoned down, and just start, you know, taking pictures and making it a thing on the internet. I know, like, we're prepared to bless the sacrament. We're prepared. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Anyways, well, I think that's that's the end of the episode. Yes, that's that was Priesthood, and thank you all for listening. That was that fun. Was Peter Priestley. Peter Priestley, yes. Um... um no, thank you so much again for everyone who listens and supports and the messages. And please, like, if you guys have stories about the priesthood, oh, my God, please send them. And we can read them and share them because I'm loving this little community we have <laughs> and, like, having all of these stories and, like, just being able to share them because I know it triggers and relates to, like, anyone who grew up in the Mormon church or who didn't. Maybe they, like, you didn't grow up in the Mormon church where you're just like, but that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. But also, I have this story. You know, like, it's just crazy to me, and it's also good to just hear more of them, because it's a good little reminder of, like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad I left that shit. Yes, 100% agreed, yeah. Yeah, send them, send us your priesthood stories. I want to, I want to hear them. (laughs) And we will bless and ordain you for doing so. Oh, yes, because we can. We give ourselves the power. Yeah. (laughs) I talked to Aaron the other day, and he said, (laughs) <laughs> he says we can do it. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's he cool. Was like, you can do it. Your your shirt is wide enough. No, <laughs> okay, listeners, thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.